Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Esther, as you heard a few moments ago. Jam gets four weeks, you get one. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd like to begin by asking you a question today. How far are you willing to go for those you love? Now, when you think about who you love, it's not going to be the same for everyone. Not everyone is married. But for many of you, that someone that you love is your spouse. If you are just a child, a teenager, depending on the day, maybe that someone is your mom or your dad. For those parents, that someone is your child or children, maybe also depending on the day. For those that don't have a spouse or parents or children, it gets a little trickier. Who you love? Siblings, if you have them? Friends? Pets? Who is it that you love that you would be willing to do anything for. And let's get right to the point. For those that you love, would you be willing to die for them? Would you be willing to sacrifice your life for them? If it meant that they were kept safe, if it meant that they were protected, you, would you be willing to lose your life in order to save theirs? Now, it might be easy for you to say yes to me right now because we're not in some life and death situation. It's easy to say yes, maybe even when we're talking about your spouse or your children. It may be a little less easy when we're talking about friends or neighbors or maybe just some random person on the street. Would you be willing to give up your life for someone you've never met before? That one might be a little tougher. I mean, if, if I've never met them, are they really worth giving up my life for? What if they're not a good person? What if they're a liar? What if they steal? What if they talk back to their parents? What if they've killed someone? Would you be willing to give up your life for someone? Who has taken the lives of others? I mean, it would be easy to rationalize not giving up your life for someone who is a murderer. It would be harder to rationalize not giving up your life for someone like your spouse or children. And even though we're not faced with it today, the one thing that's the same for all of us is that we're all a little selfish. And in any scenario, we're first going to think about ourselves. Or at least the question of, well, how much do I love this person? What am I willing to do for them? How far am I willing to go? In a way, this is the question that was put before Queen Esther. Queen Esther, who became the queen of Persia 
when the previous queen had disobeyed the king's command. And the king did not want a national crisis of thinking that it was okay to disrespect husbands or to disrespect the king's commands. So then the king needed a new queen. And they sent word to find all of the beautiful virgins and to bring them in order to choose a new queen. In Susa, where the women were going to be brought, there was a man by the name of Mordecai. And he was part of the Jewish exiles when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had conquered the Jews. Mordecai had taken Esther to be his own daughter after her parents, his aunt and uncle, died. So Mordecai and Esther are cousins. And when she was brought in to see if she was a potential queen, Mordecai told her not to tell anyone who she was. Not to say that she is a Jew, that she's one of the exiles. And when Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus, whose Greek name is Xerxes, and who is the son of King Darius, the grandson of King Cyrus, who will be the father of King Artaxerxes, right? names that we've heard about in recent weeks. So this is around 487 BC. He falls in love with her, and Esther becomes queen. Shortly after this happens, a man named Haman is promoted to a high office by the king, kind of like the prime minister. And one day, Haman passes by a group of the king's servants, which included Mordecai. And they all bowed down to him, paid homage, respect to him, which was at the king's command. Except Mordecai did not. Now, we're not told why Mordecai did not. And while we might say that maybe Mordecai, as a Jew, was a faithful believer of God and would not bow down to anyone but God alone, the book, the book of Esther actually never mentions God. Which is why there is some controversy with this book being included in God's word. So we can't say that this is what happened for sure. Mordecai and his disrespect made Haman angry. And when he found out that Mordecai was a Jew, he set out to destroy not just Mordecai, but all the Jews. And he told the king this by telling him that Jews don't obey the king's commands. And then he throws in a little bribe to the king as well. Of course, the king, who had removed the previous queen for not obeying the king's commands, would be on board with the removal of these kinds of people. There was only one problem. The king's wife, unbeknownst to the king, was a Jew. And that would mean she would lose her life as well. When Mordecai hears about the plan to destroy the Jews, he sends word to Esther, telling her the sum of money that was involved, showing her the decree that's been issued by the king so that she, in response, will go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. There is only one problem with this plan of Mordecai's. Esther relays to him that the only people who can, who can go to the king in his inner court are those who are called by him. If they are not called and they go to the inner court and approach the king, they will be put to death unless the king holds out his golden scepter to them. And thus far, 
Esther had not been called to go to the king. So if she goes, she's risking her life. So when we ask the question of how far are you willing to go for those you love, Queen Esther is being faced with this. But not just those she loves, those she doesn't even know. Because this, this decree is the destruction of all the Jews. Jews she's never met before. Jews who are, who are in Jerusalem at this time, 900 miles away, who are trying to rebuild the city at this time. I mean, that's the distance between us and those who are living in Toronto. Would you be willing to die for people in Toronto that you've never met before? Mordecai sends word back to her telling her that she is not safe just because she's in the king's palace. And that if she keeps silent at this time, then she will perish. And relief and deliverance will come from somewhere else. Now this part of the book is where if there's any hint of God working in the lives of the Jews, this is it. Again, God isn't mentioned. But if a deliverer was going to come, well, who would raise up that person besides God? And then Mordecai says this, And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That phrase, such a time. A time as this. Mordecai is putting it out there that maybe, maybe, just maybe, that this is the exact reason why Esther became queen. So that she would save her people. God working behind the scenes in secret, providing a deliverer to save his people from destruction. And Esther's response is to have them hold a fast on her behalf. And then she will go to the king to plead for the people. And if it's against the law, she says, if I perish, I perish. You can imagine the courage it took Esther to go before the king with the threat of death on the table since she will be disobeying the king's commands since she hasn't been called to the inner court. And you obviously know what happened to the last queen that disobeyed the king's commands. She's taking a chance that he will spare her. Now, you obviously know that there are still Jews in our world today. So they were not all destroyed. And you can probably guess if you haven't read the entire book of Esther, that she was successful. That she did not lose her life. And that is true. She goes to the king's court. And when he sees her, he holds out his golden scepter to her. And then eventually, took some time, but she reveals the plot of Haman to the king. And all of the Jews are saved. And it's Haman who loses his life. Even though the book of Esther never mentions God, that doesn't mean that God was not at work in the saving of the Jews, in the life of Queen Esther. Esther was willing to give her life up for people that she'd never met before. For the sake of all the Jews. Not just those who were alive, but the entire future of her people. She became the deliverer of her people. And that means she became the deliverer 
of the one who would deliver the entire world. Jesus. That's where you can see how God was working. To make sure the people are saved so that we can get to Jesus. Unlike Esther, our deliverer, Jesus Christ, had to die for his people. The whole world in order to save them. That's because Jesus came to save us from the destruction that our sin causes in our lives. Because sin causes death. The punishment for sin is death, physical death, and eternal death. It's hell. And that is something that destroys all people. Because we have all sinned. We have all disobeyed the one true king's commands with our lies, with our stealing, with not honoring our parents, with murder, and even hatred is murder. We have failed to be perfect. And we need to be rescued from this body of death, as Paul says. And as Galatians says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Or in light of Esther, we could say that Jesus came for such a time as this. 2,000 years ago, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He who was born under the law came to save those who were under the law. Came to be perfect for us on our behalf. With the courage and the joy that was set before him, came to lay down his life for us on the cross. Came to be the one to die for all people. And even though Caiaphas in our gospel reading said it's better that one man die, Jesus, than for the whole nation to perish, he didn't know he was referring to Jesus laying down his life, dying for the sins of the entire world. But that is exactly what happened. One man, Jesus, who is also God, died in order to deliver, to save his people. All people. That's you. That's me. Jesus died for people who were not yet born. And that is an incredible gift. To give someone eternal life by grace through faith. And it's his death and his resurrection that accomplishes this. Now I know we started with how far are you willing to go for those you love? And I guess we could now ask, how far are you willing to go for those you've never met? Are you willing to give up your life for someone you've never met before? Jesus was. He had never met you. Yet he willingly gave up his life for you. Because he loves you. Because he loves all people and wants them to have eternal life. He doesn't want anyone to perish, to suffer hell. And so he didn't say like Esther, if I perish, I perish. He said, I will perish. And then I will rise on the third day. And that's what he did. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. To call us as his people. 
to give us the gift of faith to believe in him, to believe in the truth of his word, to have courage in the face of uncertainty, to have courage in the face of death, to know that he has delivered us, called us out of the darkness of sin and death and into his marvelous light so that we can be his light in this world, sharing the good news of great joy. So, how far are you willing to go for those you love? And how far are you willing to go for anyone, even those you don't love? You see, you are here, living at this time and in this place for such a time as this. We have the ability to share the word of God with others. We have the opportunity to plant seeds, the seeds of faith, the seeds of the word, and to watch God grow them in the lives of others. But it doesn't mean that sharing the word with those who don't believe is going to be easy. Because sometimes sharing the word with those who don't believe don't want to hear it. Sometimes it means that we're going to share the truth of God's word when the truth of God's word is the opposite of what the world believes. Sometimes it means we're sharing the truth of God's word amidst all of the lies that the world tells us. And it does mean that there is the potential to be rejected by those that you love when you share the word with them or by those that don't love you that you will face rejection. Are you willing to be courageous in the face of potential rejection? Are you willing to sacrifice a relationship in order for them to have eternal life? I'm not saying that this is an easy question to answer for you. And that every person who needs to hear the word or the truth of God's word is an easy conversation to have. But what have you got to lose when eternal life is at stake? Because if we keep silent, there is no guarantee that deliverance is going to come from somewhere else for that person. That someone else is going to come and share the word of God with them. So if we don't, who will? Each day we get closer to Christ's return. And there is no greater time than now for Christ to draw more people to himself. And he uses us. There are no guarantees in our earthly life. For some of us, we may not see tomorrow. So we have no reason to wait. The only guarantee that we have is in our eternal life. And that is that God so loved the world. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus. That you would believe in him. That you would not perish but have eternal life. God doesn't want that for just you. He wants that for all people. So that each day we can say, if I perish, I have eternal life. That is our guarantee. Signed, sealed, and delivered by our deliverer in his death and in his resurrection.
Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer. Amen.